if anyone's wondering why I'm just wearing shades indoors, it's because I'm saluting the true king of Miami, Colby <laughs> Chaos Covington, for his main event win on Saturday night. But uh, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm just embracing the heel persona. I mean, I've been saying this for three years that Colby Covington would probably do this to Jorge Masvidal if they fought. And I mean, in the end, I, I was proven right, thankfully. Yep. I had a lot riding on this. My opinions were known by a lot of people. <laughs> and if Colby would have gotten knocked out or something, that would have been pretty bad. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I, I was, I, like I said, I figured that Colby's wrestling would reign supreme and that's exactly what happened but i want to start off just by talking about his mat wrestling in particular like when he's already on top of guys the transitions that he has are just so incredible like he had one scramble in particular that i enjoyed when masvidal got he pretty much changed the position for like the only time in the fight and got on top of colby and colby immediately just switched it and turned got back on top of him turned the corner and was immediately back on his back back on his back but yeah <laughs> you get what i mean but i don't know man do you have any thoughts that you want to start off with world-class stuff dude i mean you say um uh, like you said three years in the making like you saw this coming like you know from that far out and like now that it actually like happens culminates and like obviously like result wise and then even like the fight like plays like exactly how it does it's not like like it's easy to be like you know like yeah, we're we're gonna talk about we're we're talking about Colby and like talk more about Colby and like what's next for him and whatnot, but I mean, at least me personally, like Jorge Ma like Jorge Masvidal like he exceeded he, expectations yeah, he, that's for sure. I mean, I didn't expect him to have as many moments as he had. Like you know, you had the one knockdown that was pretty good in round four. I mean, clean yeah, he, it was a clean clean hook that he got him with. It was like, and it was going away too. Like you could tell it was just like an instinctual counter and he got it just clean across the chin, turned him completely around. But I mean, ultimately it didn't do much because Colby ended up popping back up. And that's why I kind of like, I didn't give Mazda all around, even though some people did. There's just nothing Jorge can do on the ground with him. Yeah, it's clearly. just like a complete, like just, you just one step ahead just, every time. Yeah. Two steps ahead, probably, honestly. One is being generous. But I don't know. I mean, I had that as a clean 50-45, even with that little knockdown, just because Colby yeah, ended up dominating the rest of that round. But I know some people, they gave him round two, but you know we missed some of that in our first watching of the fight live because ESPN <laughs> decided to screw us and give us some technical difficulties. You know, you, <laughs> Yeah, you, you try you try and support the fighters and fighter pay. You buy the pay per view. Hopefully, you get a few more dollars in somebody's pocket who deserves it. But ESPN decides to make you pay for it instead by just making the broadcast out of def nope. technical difficulties. But hey, we didn't miss much. We, you know, me and Tiz, we're not stupid. We we pretty much <laughs> immediately were like, let's go to the Spanish version, and that's exactly what we did. We didn't understand a single word of what they said, but we went to the Spanish version. We got most of the second round. Probably only missed like 45 seconds of it. Yeah, and that was like right when that, it was like a low blow, I think. And they gave Jorge like some time. So we didn't yeah. really miss too much, thankfully. Jorge was, there were a few, like the, the, uh, there were the eye posts, posts, yeah. yeah. The dirty fight. I like that though. For two guys that hate each other as much as those guys did. 
And I don't think that yeah, was, was. I don't think it was fake. No, what it was not. Not like there was like I, I could understand like speculation and whatnot. Especially because of too. Colby, because Colby's like a big WWE nut like that, yeah. and like he's you know the No, that was real. yeah. That that's that beef is very real. Yeah, I I I think it's I think it's for real. Like, especially after like, the fight, you would think like you know typically after like a fight you could like. There's like some mutual respect. Real. There. Yeah, like <laughs> no, not, not, not after not after this one. That like, final few seconds, you could really see it because Colby. I remember he was he, Colby was trying to like he, was trying he to took his right back now. a little bit. He had like one hook in. He was just p- trying to put him in a neck crack, and you could see he was saying something to him as he was doing that. And he just went to mount, and in those last few seconds, he was just postured up and just rained down punches like. You could tell that was, was probably yeah. there was some anger behind that. Like you could tell he wanted to hurt him there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the end, it's got to be frustrating for Masvidal to just get beat like that by a guy who you can't stand. But, like I said, just Colby's wrestling is on another level compared to Masvidal's. You know, you got D1 experience. Colby's been wrestling probably since he was in age, like single digits. And Masvidal, he's training with great guys like Bo Nickel, but it's not really... It's not going to amount to anything in the long run because Colby's wrestling is already just on another level due to the experience alone. And that was just showcased in this fight just by all the transitions and the little things that he did. But, I mean, after the fight, though, it was pretty interesting. They were still talking. I love that. But then Colby had an interesting call out, calling out Dustin Poirier. I mean... I don't think we see that fight. I don't think Dustin takes it. I don't. Yeah, like you'll have your callouts where it's like you have your callouts where it's like you know, well, like you know, I don't even really want to even see that fight. And then you'll have the remember when Michelle and... Pajera he called out Jorge Masvidal after he like he had that win after the DQ Diego Sanchez. Like that's like one of those fights. I was like, yeah, man, you just beat like another guy and you're trying to yeah, fight let's, the let's... number at the time the number like three guy in the world like. Let's pump the brakes a little bit, but I mean, it's a cool call out. It's not that I wouldn't want to see. It's that a really fight. cool call out. It's like, just it makes... I don't see it happening. Like that's just what it is. Not practical. Yeah. Dustin, I think Dustin knows that like that's a risky fight to take, especially after seeing what he just did to Masvidal. You know, like I think that, that fight is more of the same. Honestly, yeah, loss for Dustin there would that would not be good. Yeah, you don't want that after especially Colby Covington. Loss. Those yeah, guys. guy you can't stand. Oh my god, like, it's just, and like, I want to go back to that too, like, just how much these fighters, like, they just hate Colby, and like, I, he's crossing the line, I get it, like, it's messed up, and like, Connor did that when he fought Habib, and nobody seemed to care then, but let's, you know, besides, <laughs> besides the point, but, you know, you're watching a fist fight, like, and you're offended by what this guy says, like, I get that it's mean, and like, it's not, right and you shouldn't bring up people's families I, and I agree with the people who say that and I'm not even saying you have to like it but like to have an pr- actual problem with it is kind of hypocritical when you're watching dudes literally and, and girls beating the crap out of each other every Saturday like I just don't see that yeah. like if words are going to hurt you I think you're in the, into the wrong sport but be, because of that though I, I don't think that Dustin even wants to go through another camp that's just so toxic because like that third Connor fight was just such a toxic environment and Connor was crossing those lines and Colby, you know, he's just going to push it that much further. You know, he's already bringing up his kids and like, yeah, I don't think Dustin wants that in in and out of the octagon. (laughs) It's just a lot. 
you know, because, I, like I said, I think Colby does the same thing to Dustin. I don't, what do you think? Oh, yeah, Colby does the same thing to Dustin and amplifies it. Like, yeah. takes, like takes it up a few notches, like, because he... Well, I'm not, I'm not even talking about the trash talk. I'm talking about, like, the actual fight itself. Oh. Like, I see Colby just pretty much having a similar performance to what he did to Masvidal. Just, his wrestling is just relentless. Like, and that I just shows... why not. Maybe you get... Yeah. I think there's more of a, like, maybe, like, Dustin could pull off, like, a quick guillotine or something. But even that, against a guy like Colby, it's hard to do. Like, Woodley tried that a couple times, I know, because Woodley's got a nasty guillotine himself. I mean, I think with Dustin, like, he could probably definitely, like, stuff more takedowns and whatnot. Yeah, they, I mean, I don't even know, honestly. But yeah. who knows, man? That, that's an interesting fight. And that, just goes, that just goes to, like, how just, like, much of, like, how elite, like, Colby, Colby Covington, like, is at this. Yeah. I like, think it's... Usman and Colby, like at that top level, and then it's everybody else except Hamza, maybe. That Gilbert Hamza still gonna prove or disprove it, but I think it's gonna prove it, honestly. Still a TBD. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, everybody who trains with Hamza, they all say that this dude is for real. Like the only question right now is his cardio. And they're all saying, don't worry about that. <laughs> so <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, like I said, Gilbert Burns is a true test, because like He's probably going to have to stand with Gilbert Burns a lot. I don't know if, and man, though, if he takes him down and just ragdolls him, chokes him out, or TKOs him, it's over. <laughs> if he's going to do that to Gilbert Burns, who is a like great jujitsu black belt, like there's a lot of jujitsu black belts who are just like average black belts, but Gilbert Burns is like competing in real grappling tournaments and winning. So. If Hamzat can ragdoll a guy like Gilbert Burns, which I'm not saying he will, I mean you never know. But I I believe I don't think this is just hype, you know? I believe in this At first, like maybe at first, like I know there was a lot like, oh, this guy hasn't you know, he hasn't fought anybody yet and all that. But then like, you, he's just he's just a highlight. And now it's like, like that Li Jing Liang win was something. Like to pick a guy up who is not that bad like I, I figured that Hamzat would do that to him but that's because I believe in the hype like but Li Jingliang you know he's a great striker he's very powerful Hamzat picked him up walked over to Dana White like by his side of the octagon and said something to him and then threw him down like that's crazy just how good his grappling is and you hear things that like this these inhuman type stories about him like how he just has cardio for days he's good on the feet insanely good on the ground just but I think we're more likely to see Colby fight the winner of him versus Burns than I think Dustin Poirier. But either of those fights are good. I think Man, I'm a, and I'm a, I would be, yeah, but seriously, I would be down to see you. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Gilbert, for, uh, Gilbert Burns fan. And you know that, but I'm like, oh my, I feel like. That fight might be even I don't think there would I don't think, not only would there not be a better time for Hamzat and Colby, but I don't think there would be another time, like, Period for that fight to happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know unless Usman. I feel like because I just feel like get starched by Canelo if you actually. Hamzat's trajectory. (laughs) I yeah, I'm glad (laughs) I had to bring it up. You should laugh about that. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Him calling out, I I can't get over that. Him calling out Canelo, like I get you you want some money, but dude, not smart. (laughs) Let's stick to MMA. He's got to fight Leon, and then we'll see how the division shakes up after that. But. I feel like it's just, with Kamzat's trajectory, it's just like, how does he go down from here right now? 
And it's like... I just don't see it. Like, who... who you know, like... Who's out grappling that guy besides maybe Gilbert? That's if he saying. does, like... You know, if he does, like, take this one loss and, like... I don't know. I don't really see, like... I think this is, like, the time for Kobe Covington and Hamza to, like, finally cross paths. I mean, though, if Hamza does lose to Gilbert, I'm always down to see Kobe versus Gilbert, too. I've been wanting to see that fight for a while. Just because there's, like, so either, many trade-offs. Like, either, either way... You can't you can't really go wrong. That's just goes to how absolutely stacked welterweight is. Yeah. What man. a god! What a talent! What a talented division, dude. I don't know. I mean, it's, we'll see what happens though with it. I mean, because Colby, like I said, he called out Dustin. I don't see that happening. And if he gets the winner of Hamza versus Burns, I mean Hamza, I do think Hamza is a better wrestler than Colby. But the cardio, obviously, you know, people say things, and I believe it, but. Technically, we haven't seen it in the octagon. Until we do, it's unproven. But Gilbert and Colby, I want to talk about that a tiny bit. The thought of that fight is interesting because the reason why Colby's striking is so effective is because of the threat of his takedowns. But against Gilbert Burns, you can't get reckless with the amount of takedowns you're throwing. So Colby's going to have to stand with him, just like Hamza might have to stand with him. And if that happens, I'm curious to see if Gilbert's boxing can actually like stop Colby. But then again, like, you know, while Gilbert's stand-up is a lot better than Colby's, Gilbert fades as the fight goes on, and Colby definitely does not fade as the fight goes on. His pace is just something different. You know he's going to be in Gilbert's face, and I don't know if Gilbert's going to be able to take him down. I think he'll try if they do fight. But that, like you said, the welterweight division is just so good. You know, we got Luke Gavert fight, uh, fighting Bilal pretty soon. And uh, besides that, you know, you still have Wonderboy, Sean Brady, Kiesa, who Brady just beat. But, man, that division just so good. But, anyway, I mean, we, I think we talked a lot about where Colby could go from here. But where does Masvidal go from here? I mean, that's more of a question mark, if you ask me. I mean, like, you just, I think, like, you, you keep giving him, I think you can keep giving him, like, the money fights like this one for instance but like with a guy that he can actually like realistically like beat at this yeah. point in time. not another grappler like like we were saying like not another guy who's gonna overwhelm him like like usman colby damian maya back when that happened but he's another guy who's gonna strike with him you know make it a fun fight like yeah, exactly could lose like 10 fights in a row and he'll still be one of the most popular and marketable fighters that the UFC has. And, like, obviously with those guys, like, yeah, I mean, you can do... He's very famous. Like, you know, got, like I said, Drake betting 275 grand on him. I, it's, he's, he clearly doesn't watch MMA. <laughs> he's not, I got, he, if he's betting... He's probably, he's oh, probably just boys with Masvidal in some no, way. Masvidal, I saw Masvidal said... I got you with dinner next time in Miami. Next time you're in Miami, I'm like, I don't think Drake wants to see you after that, bro. I don't know if he, he might not want to take you up on that. He might need a little time. But I just can't believe it. Dude, you see Colby too? Colby goes, yeah, Drake sucks at sports, man. He's just st- stick to making his shitty rap albums. He's like, I love it. Like, people hate Colby so much, but I love it, man. It's just so entertaining to me. That's why I'm glad he won this fight. Because I knew if he won, we'd get some good moments. And of course we did. But back to Mazadol. Man, like, I'm not sure. You know, he's getting a little older. And I think that's you can kind the, of see that's it. The, that's the other thing. Like, 
Yeah, he's clearly cool. like he's clearly on a decline right now. And, I, I mean think, the strike. I mean, I mean for the fighter that he is though, like so straight, so strike. I don't think like that's really like sure. Maybe it's progressed a little bit, but he's as far as I'm he's still he's crafty. Still, exactly, he's still extremely crafty, uh, innovative, and just like he's got that power still. Like he does have that knockout power, and. I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys you could give him. I think the best course of action for him personally is to wait because, you know, you got all these big welterweight fights coming up with, like we said, Hamzat and Burns, and then you got um, the main event with Luke and Muhammad. But I don't know. I mean, if, if he really wants to be active, he can maybe fight the rematch with Wonderboy. That'd be a good fight. I know Wonderboy is game yeah, for that. Oh, but, no. I mean, I, think that makes sense I would just sure. wait. I would wait. Because, you know, a lot of big fights are going to happen and people, there's a lot of Also with Mongol, like, he doesn't, like, that's his team that is handling, like, who he fights next and whatnot. That's true. Him. He did say that. Yeah, I mean, so you, know, you got to think about that from their perspective, too. You know, yeah. they got to be thinking what we're thinking. Like, let's get I would hope that it's not going to just expose bad, like, not even bad. Like I said, I don't even want to think, like... I don't even want people to think we think that Masvidal has bad wrestling. He doesn't have bad wrestling. You could see it. Like, he was defending takedowns from Colby. It's just the pace that Colby was putting on that was really the difference maker. And then this fight that just happened, Colby and Masvidal, like, I don't even think, unless, like, it's for, like, okay, these two guys are, you know, who's who's fighting for the belt next, and that's what that fight's for. I don't think that fight even, like, it literally just... Not a non-title fight. Like, yeah, just, just headlines a good grudge match. Exactly. The story, the, everything, the narrative behind it. Like, it yeah, made that's what's key. Especially, when you, and like you said, like, Masvidal, the name, like, in the fight as well. Like, this is gonna, it's gonna sell. Like, it's paper. Yeah, he's getting on Colby about, <laughs> he's like, sell that pay-per-view for me. I was like, oh, God. I was like, he should not, Colby should not have said that he didn't take any pay-per-view points publicly, but I guess that doesn't really matter now, considering what happened. You know, I'd, I'm a lot, I'd be a lot happier with the win in that case, especially if you hate the guy like that, but... Man, that was just such a fun main event. Like, I enjoyed it. Like, a lot of people, you know, hate on Colby and they're saying, oh, it's a boring fight. And then in the next breath, they're praising Bryce Mitchell, who pretty much won in the exact same way. It's just, like I said, I've been saying this the whole time we've been on. Just the difference between that. I just, I'll never get it. Like, it's just so, uh, it's so hypocritical. It's just a typical sports media agenda. Like yeah, they, they don't want to like Colby. They don't like people who say controversial things and i get it but you know it is what it is but you know i guess that's all that we really need to cover for the main event like a, like i said just impressive wrestling by colby the mat wrestling in particular just the transitions while he was already on top to maintain maintain control just so incredible and like i said him and usman are just at the top clearly. yeah man that's just you think about like, this is a thought for later but you think just how stacked like how, like you ever think about how already all, how stacked are already that uh one seventy is, and then like you literally have two guys that are literally the cream of the crop. Yeah, like, it's nuts. Like they got, are this division. There's so I think there's so much like excitement in the welterweight division. Like there's a lot of like fun fighters and interesting people. Like I just think it makes for so much excitement like around all these fights and around the top ten like of that division. And, you know, now you got these new guys breaking in, like uh, Hamza, and I mentioned Sean Brady, too, before. He's not to be sleep or slept on. 
I know he's recovering from, I think, an injury right now. But when he comes back, that's another guy who's going to be a force. Mm-hmm. But, man, like, that main event just shows how stacked that division is just by how excited we all are. Yep. But, We've seen, like, multiple welterweight main events, like, over the course of the past year. Just yeah. been amazing. So. Yeah, I mean, even, like, the, uh, a couple months ago, like, Usman Covington, too. Like, yep. that was an yep. awesome fight. And Usman like, Covington, too. Man. I just love it. That whole division's exciting right now, even with the dominance that Usman shows, which just shows how great he is, by the way. But, man, like I said, just just a great main event, great performance by Colby. But speaking of great performances, might as well move on to the co-main with RDA, man. What a clinic he put on Hanato Moicano, but... You know, we'll get to that, but we got to start with the heart that Hanato oh, yeah. showed. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty, like, incredible. Like, just not even just the fight itself. Like, the whole week, you know, taking this on four days, four days notice. And it's, it's not like he was in, like, you know, in the country. This guy's in Brazil. They had to fly him in from another country to come on come, this short so notice. Exactly. Like, he, take, he has one flight, goes back home, and then comes back. And then five fight. rounds. Not even a three-round fight. That five is just nuts. And he's game Absolute for it. I love savage. it. Came out, guns blazing. Like, you could tell he wanted to give Exactly. Up. And then we get actually get into the fight, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, fast forward. We'll just fast forward real quick to the, all the way to the end. Like, this guy. Yeah, even after all the damage. Which was just nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and then just all, like, obviously, RDA's freaking ground control, which is just unbelievable. A lot like this. Colby in the sense that he has that smothering top mm-hmm. presence. Like, he doesn't let you breathe when you're there. And that's going to take and a that, toll on you. I, I do want to say that Moicano, though, like, he's so great on the ground, like, especially off his back, like, with his jujitsu. That just shows how good RDA is to be able to hold him down. And keep him there and cause so much damage. And RDA usually, he doesn't like, he doesn't really create as much damage as like other fighters. Like he's more content to pass guard and like really have his control. And he has, you know, like a few arm triangles. That was vintage. Or, that was vintage. Yeah. Great RDA fight. In that Just fight. Great fight. But Moicano, like, you know, like this guy that like really has like nothing to lose here. And it's like, yeah, you know, let's just get take it to REA and just. And he tried. He definitely tried. Like, in that first round, he came out, came after him, but then, like, yeah, RDA man, was just crazy. great like, he timing just on his takedowns. Just That's just what it away. is. It's like, you think, you think RDA has him, has him down, and then literally, like... At the end, the that fifth round. He won the fifth. I, I had that 49-46. He won the fifth round. Like, RDA did get a takedown, but, like, on the feet, and honestly, throughout the whole fight, like, I think that this might have to do with RDA getting a little older, but... Hanato Moicano, even taking all that damage, was the faster fighter on the feet. Like, he was landing shots on RDA. Oh, he's, yeah, hands down. But, man, that's what I'm saying. It's just, like, again, just back to his heart, like, because of that. Like, you know, you're getting the, damage like that. His eyes exper- almost shut. The veteran savvy, the technique, just all of it. Like, it just, yeah. it all just come down, comes into one and just another W and the legendary career of... No, RDA is the man. So underrated. Like, this guy's beaten everybody. He's got wins over, like, literally, he's beaten Robbie Lawler. He's beaten, uh, didn't he beat, oh, who did he beat at 155? I'm thinking, uh, Benson Henderson. He beat Benson Henderson, Donald Cerrone twice, mm-hmm. Anthony Pettis Great. for the title. Back when Anthony Pettis was, like, getting people with all those crazy kicks and all that. 
But RDA is truly just a legend of the game. And I just like you said, it's the vintage performance by him. It's, it's great, like, you know, you know it's easy to look at Mike Connell's the guy who's obviously stepping into the fight and as a replacement of like. RDA, RDA too. Yeah, RDA's taking that fight on short Off notice. Off camera, you were like, um, and he's, you know, RDA's taking this on short notice too. Like, he's expecting to fight a completely different Yeah, Fazeev is like a, a complete, he's a striker. Like, he is grappling. That's not even, his mind was not in the grappling. Uh-huh. That's, that's 100% like the case. But Moicano, like I said, he's a jiu-jitsu specialist at heart. And like, like I also said before, RDA just being able to smother that and like completely... That's take like, those weapons away. That's incredible. That's like man. a fight that like you take a, a a casual fan. Like you, you ever seen a, an RDA? You ever seen a Rafael dos Santos fight? And like no. And like okay, this that's is one. Much, that's one. This, that is, you, this much is, is how it goes. Yeah. This is how this is how it goes. When you can just take even like the, the high kick too, because like he has a great high kick and like he doesn't really throw it too much. But when he does and he lands it, man, like it's always and he drop what he dropped him. It was the third round. He dropped him with that, and that was like dropped almost the beginning then. of the end. Like. You know that fight was almost stopped after round three, and then literally thirty seconds. Literally thirty seconds. You have Mark Mark are literally saying to uh, yeah the start of round five. You have thirty seconds to turn this fight around. Yeah, great refereeing by him to give him a shot, and obviously, like I said, you know, he after that he proved why he deserved to stay in the fight by winning. No, yeah, as a fighter, like you have to just be like you know because like you know he's at the same time Mark Carter like. He's giving you the chance to like get back in the swing. Well, not you're obviously like you you're losing obviously. But he's but also say, he's, like, pr- he's, he's, protect- he's protecting you. He's, yeah, like, he's like protecting you, you as well. And as a fighter, you can just be like, like, you're the fucking man. Like, thank you. Like, yeah, this guy I, is thirty great seconds. Like, just fight like these are the last thirty seconds of your life. And I mean, he proves you could see it too. Nothing. That Mark <laughs> not, was so focused on him, like yeah. you see his eyes were locked on Moicano, and then Moicano was really tagging him. In the beginning, and you could see RDA was kind of starting to get on the back foot, and Mark Goddard was like, "Okay, like, hey, he, he showed me, he showed me he has a chance here." But I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of just damage taken, which sucks. But just honestly, I mean, great performance by both guys in very different ways. Like I think RDA, like just in the win, just had a great performance, great top pressure, and just like you said, a vintage RDA fight. But then Moicano just in a whole different way. That just was inner yeah, that was seriously like, like yeah, his was, heart to just keep going after all that damage. I just I can't say enough just how much I respect that. And I I'm sure the UFC agrees with me. And they're gonna give him just probably another nice opponent next. Hopefully after yeah, a decent like little night off. Actually like him just taking the fights, like this is a huge opportunity. Yeah. Me, like, like you said, no there was no like losing really. Like yeah, there was. He won yeah, a lot of respect yeah. with that fight. I guarantee. Of, that. I'm a huge. I'm a big. I'm a big Moicano fan. After that, for sure. Yeah, and for sure. Hundred percent. So I really hope they. Yeah, I hope they treat him right, and he gets a. He gets a money fight. Yeah, but then you got RDA. He called out Mazel at first, but then he kind of took it back, sort of in the post fight, like the press conference. Mm-hmm. And I like the call that he gave, and this is where I think the UFC should go with this. He called out Conor McGregor. And, you know, they have history. They were supposed to fight, obviously, at UFC 196, but then RDA broke his foot and in step Nate Diaz, and we all know what happened there. But, you know, him and Connor have real history and a real beef because, uh, 
you know, at UFC 264, if you remember, they all, they almost got into the brawl at the weigh-in. Oh, yeah. And so, like, there, there's a real yeah. beef there. There's some room for promotion, and I think that that's a good fight for both guys because... For... And it's like, it just makes so much sense for, like, the spot Connor's in right now, too, in the in the division. Yeah, it's like... like this is... Because he keeps saying he's going to come back to a title, sh- a title shot, and honestly, I would not be surprised with the UFC, but... If not, if he fights RDA and gets a win, no, like I, I could see, see them pushing him see, after that. Yeah, and I don't see why this would be much a situation much different from when he fought a uh, cowboy. Than, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, 20. I don't, I don't, I think RDA is a tough fight for Conor. No, 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 no I'm saying in the sense like you know, give Conor a name, but like. I, mean, I don't know what you're saying, he, honestly, because I think RDA is a very honestly. I think RDA would beat Conor. If they fought, but I just think in terms of like actually getting the bout agreement signed, I think that's just an interesting matchup for both guys because you know probably Connor wants to fight RDA to prove that he's better than. I don't. Case. That's the thing. I don't know. Like, who knows what Connor? What the hell Connor wants these days? <laughs> you literally just said it. Like, it's expecting to come back to just come back straight to a title shot. Like. Come on, I'll be right man. back for my title fight. Yeah. <laughs> I love it though. He's I love that he just trolls. He knows too. Like he just trolls everybody <laughs> by saying things like that. Even if he doesn't believe it, like he just knows that everybody's gonna get pissed off. Well, he doesn't deserve a title shot, and then obviously they're gonna talk about it like we're talking about it. But I mean, we're not Connor haters, but. Man, I, I would love to see him versus RDA, and I thought that was just a great call out by him. And, you know, or he ain't getting any younger. So, I mean, I want to see that fight. I mean, hopefully as soon as Connor's healthy, they can get that one booked. I don't want to see him in a title fight just yet. You know, the top of the lightweight division is already kind of logged in because you have uh, Oliveira fighting Gaethje. And then Islam and Darius are probably going to fight down the line. So those are another, that's another pair of top contenders. I just... (laughs) You're skipping all those guys to give Conor McGregor a title shot off of a couple losses. I don't agree with that. I think an RDA fight is perfect for both guys because if RDA wins, that boosts his profile tremendously and that gives him a case for a title shot. So Mm -hmm. I thought it was just a smart move and I hope that that's the direction that they go in. But uh, moving on from there, uh, touched on this tiny bit before when I was talking about Colby, but Bryce Mitchell, man. Great performance by him. Yeah. Awesome wrestling. The timing on his takedowns, I was really impressed by that. He would always catch Edson Barboza in like a perfect position to just grab him. And once he grabbed the hold of Edson, it was just... Yeah, it's crazy. How much of a timing thing it is, is like, you, you obviously can't just like, all right, I'm going for the takedown. You can just... Yeah, because you're going to get stuffed. And Edson's, Edson's like... This is the thing, because like people like sleep on Edson's grappling not like in terms of like his bottom game but like his takedown defense like if you want to go back and watch the Habib fight there's like moments in that fight where Habib like is like really trying hard to get a takedown and can't and obviously we know how that fight went but still like to have a guy like Habib struggling to get a takedown and then for Bryce Mitchell to just get it with ease that's like incredible it says a lot about how good of a grappler he is and for that division no yeah he's a He's gonna be pro. He's gonna be a problem, dude. Like I'm really, I'm pretty excited for like the outlook of Bryce Mitchell. Like I really do think he. I think you have to stick him in the main event <laughs> next. I think he's earned it at this point, and I don't know if you yeah, this him. is a guy like they should like want to market and yeah, everybody likes this dude. He's like he's such like a down to earth guy, yeah. but 
I think I think you don't really give him a guy like Giga because although that's on that same level, Giga is a striker and he just passed that test. So I'd want to see him against another grappler. What do you think? I would want to. I mean, I would be. I'd be okay with like you said. I mean, we we practically just saw it with uh against yeah. Edson Barbosa. But then you'll I'm also, not mad at it. You'll also wrong, have man. like ooh, like you know Barbosa's like on the decline or whatever, and you'll have True. that crowd. And so it's like you know if you want to give him another, I don't mind giving him another striker. And yeah, like that's the that. level that he should go at though. Like that top like five to seven range. And like, if they put him in, if he's got, if they're gonna put him in a main event, then there probably is another striker that they're gonna give him. Yeah, so like featherweight stat, like all these divisions, like right now in the UFC, like between like one thirty five and one seventy are just so stacked with talent. But one forty five, I think that Bryce Mitchell, if you want to give him a grappler, you can maybe give him Josh Emmett, or maybe this is a big step, but I would, I would be down to see it, him versus Calvin Cater. Because Calvin, you know, he's obviously a really good striker, but he's also really well-rounded. He has good takedown defense. He's not bad off his back. He's good at getting back to his feet or transitioning to get on top. But I don't know. What what direction would you go in if you were the matchmakers? Like, do you agree with me or do you think another direction? I think a cater. Like, so, like, you just, like, once again, talking about the main event, like, if you give him a cater fight, like, that's a main, that's a main event fight. Like, exactly. And... I'd love to see that five Whereas rounds. Whereas Josh, you give him a Josh Shem fight. That's like you know. I think you should still put that on uh on a pay per view, but yeah, Emmett definitely not as uh as big of a name, I guess, right now as Calvin Cater, and like yeah, it no, sucks I, I too. Just, that's because yeah. of injury. It's not even. I don't, its own yeah, fault. I don't see that. Uh, uh, I don't see that like headlining, and I don't see, like it's just like the UFC just not like, not wanting to do that probably just uh yeah i don't when i think the last time josh emmett headlined an event might have been when he lost to jeremy stevens and i don't even know what year that was that was a long time ago and that was a bad loss too he like broke a bunch yeah. of bones in emmett's face that's what i'm saying like, emmett it sucks because he's had like he had a lot of great wins but he has a lot of injuries and i feel like that's why people sleep on him so much which is selfishly that's kind of why i want to see him versus bryce mitchell because I think it'll answer a lot of questions about Bryce. But also, on the other hand, if Josh Emmett does get the better of him, people start to recognize how good he is again. Because, like, he just beat Dan Ige. Mm-hmm. You know, that's no slouch either. But, anyway, just back to Bryce Mitchell. Just, like we were saying, a fantastic <laughs> display of grappling in that fight. Truly. To just dominate Edson Barbosa on the ground like that. And, honestly, even, like, like I was saying with Colby, it's kind of because, like, of the threat of the takedown, but he dropped him in the first round with that one, too. That was pretty nice. That's I wasn't right. expecting that. That was pretty cool. Nice moment there by Thug Nasty. You listen to his rap tapes, by the way? As a rap aficionado, I swear. I've probably heard, like, a clip. I'm not I'm not putting up an act here, even though I'm embracing my heel persona with the sunglasses <laughs> like Colby. But his rap songs are honestly they're pretty they're pretty good i'll, I'll give him credit like tyron woodley isn't that great of a rapper i'll but listen to something nasty for sure you might have to i might i might have to ask you about this next pod <laughs> <laughs> I'm, i need to know Stay your tuned. thoughts because you know you're you're also a former famous rapper but we won't we'll get into that another day <laughs> yeah. but yeah anyway back to bryce mitchell but i'd like to see him in a main event next or just another high profile fight like this one but back to Back to the rest of the card, Kevin Holland is his welterweight debut. I, I, that was an interesting fight, honestly, 
because the, you start off with the first round. Yeah, for a, two, for a two-round fight, for sure. Because, like, honestly, I remember we were talking about it before the fight started. I figured that Kevin Holland was going to spark Oliveira, considering, like, what Oliveira's past few fights had looked like. But in the first round, I think it's because... Par- partially because of nerves, but then the other thing is I think Kevin Holland could do, like, a better job at utilizing his reach. Like, his, at welterweight especially... He's 6'3 with like a huge reach advantage. There's no reason why you should be lunging forward trying to get hooks because like it for a longer guy, like especially if you think about it when you're throwing a jab, it takes you longer to bring your arm back. So if you're already like lunging out of position, it's going to leave you open to get hit. And that's like what Oliveira was doing to him throughout the whole first round. And then obviously the adjustment in the second round proved oh, to be Yeah, good. Oliveira literally had him in a hold like – at the end of the first round. And how cool is Kevin Holland with the th- <laughs> thumbs up? He's, he's got like, literally an arm around his neck. He's just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> just, that that's is, how he knows. He's just like, the round's about to end. Like, please, dude, don't. Like, I'm fine. Like, it's like Bryce just, Mitchell. Like, you could tell why the UFC loves that guy. Like, yeah. And Kevin Holland, too. Like, he's just so entertaining. And, like, you look yeah, at the finish round, in the second round, Exactly, too. round two. He put it all, he put it all together. Ground and pound from he, and, but even before that, like that hook that he hit him with was so oh, clean, that's... like on the counter, like in just like one of those, uh, what's the word, like just like an exchange on the feet, just bing right to the chin, and then he just went down like a ton of bricks. And then that ground and pound man was that's vicious, and you could tell that that fight was gonna end because he was Oliveira yeah. was just cu- curled up in a ball. But so, yeah, like in the end, Kevin Allen did what he needed to, what he needed to do, but there's still like. There's still a lot of questions to be yeah. answered. His grappling is still a weakness. Like, it's not like Masvidal, who has deep, decent takedown defense. Like, Kevin Holland's takedown defense definitely needs a lot of work. Because it's a... if I mean, Cowboy Oliveira is not known for his, like, his top control, really. He's known to knock you out on the feet and maybe control you from there. But, you know, he had some nice grappling moments in that fight. He had Kevin Holland's back, we were saying, at the end of the first round. And, like, to have a guy like Oliveira who's fought a lot of guys and he's starting to probably be on the downtrend, if he's doing that to you, like, especially at welterweight, we were just talking about all those guys at the top, like Colby, Usman, Hamza. And if he's going to get there and that's going to keep happening to him, it's just going to be the same story as it was at middleweight. You know? I mean, what do you think? Do you think that he should be pushed fast or do you think that he should be pushed a little slowly because i think he should be pushed kind of slowly no yeah he definitely because like you know at this point in time like kevin holland is like one of the more like you know popular like marketable names that the ufc has and it's like now you take this you take this weight this um this weight cut yeah this weight change for him like obviously not his natural weight class well kind of in a way though it kind of is because like i remember he was talking he said that he's like yeah i used to bulk up to get to uh, middleweight he says he walks around at like 180 so 170 is not even like a crazy weight cut for him because you're talking about the reach like he's gonna have a reach advantage over pretty much like everybody but like he's he's gotta use it like and i think like i said round two he made a good adjustment but that grappling definitely needs some work no i don't yeah i don't think especially in this division that you definitely don't push him that's like you know obviously what you know he did um during the like the pandemic era and all that in the apex you could tell they rewarded him for that yeah five dude that just showed up was it five fights in one year or six it was five five. five, yeah but um, that 
Yeah. Either way, just like because of that, you know they were going to thrust him into some main events, especially because he was piling up the wins. Yeah, like this is like a legitimate name. Like I just hope that because of that, though, they don't fast track him. Because at welterweight, that could be really dangerous. Yeah, I don't we think might that, be going down the same road I don't road think that here. would be very like, smart. Logical. Yeah. Give him another striker. Like, there's so many. Logical. And <laughs> there's another. There's another. <laughs> oh, man. Some people are going to get that. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, back to what I was saying, though. He, 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 I think you just need to put him against another striker because I think that's what you're going to. That's when you're going to get the best out of him. And I think if you build him up at welterweight and you get him more confident and you give him the time to build up his grappling. You know, it might be a little bit different when he hits the top. And, you know, obviously today I definitely don't see him beating any of those top guys because of the wrestling. But, you know, if yeah, he I can improve, hope. he definitely can up his chances. But I still can I can see him doing well with any striker in that division. That's for sure. Yeah, and I would hopefully him, like even him himself and his coaches, like, they're like, you know, that was good. Like, we won, but. We got work know, to do. Like. We're in like we're in a we're in a different like we're not whole this is a whole other like any t- any weight change any weight any weight change is like a whole like different ball game, game you know it's it's big so, too like you look at like even Cody Garbrandt when he went to one twenty five like it's not a small career choice because like most of the time when you're changing weight it's because of lack of success in your original weight class and Kevin Holland had some rough losses there especially when you're defenses. going down because generally like the pace is gonna be a lot faster and just. You know, yeah. guys are... At welterweight, the punches are coming faster. And I think uh-huh. that might have been another reason why he struggled in the first round. I think he might have been caught every off guard cl- every, every division, like, has, like, their own, like, a style to it, I feel like. And their like, own speed, which yeah. is worth noting. I feel like yeah. a lot of people who change weight classes maybe don't think of that as much as they should. But thankfully, it didn't really cost Kevin this time because I think he realized and he made the adjustment because he's such a smart fighter and, like... You know he gets in the, like some scr- like some bad uh, exchanges sometimes and gets caught out of position. But if he can just refine his game and really just be the best Kevin Holland that he could be, I really think that he's a force in that division. But gotta up the wrestling. <laughs> just gotta up the wrestling. And you know I'm no I'm no D one wrestler either, obviously. But hey, I mean it doesn't take much to see that like those top guys are gonna really just manhandle yeah. him on the ground. He's still he's still pretty young. Like there's plenty of room for improvement and and there's plenty of matchups that you can give him at welterweight, yeah. like in terms of strikers, but and then you know after that fight or should I say before that fight, you had uh, Sergey Spivak and Greg Hardy. Not really too much to talk about there. I don't think we need to get too far into it. Yeah, but. your standard heavyweight bout. Yeah. you know. Once very with one your side. standard heavyweight fighter and Greg Hardy. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean it's just like he. I think his athleticism has gotten him to where he is in the sport. Like it gives him a lot of power in his punches. He's very explosive and like don't get That's me wrong, cool. he's a pretty yeah. good fighter. Like to be able to beat guys in the UFC as inexperienced as he was coming in. That's that's pretty good. Like. But, you know, they were putting him against these top guys. And, like, even before this fight, he's against Tai Tuivasa, who is now number three <laughs> in the world. Oh so God. you got Greg Hardy going against these guys. And this is, I think, his third straight first-round loss. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think that the UFC might end it after this, especially considering this was, I think, the last fight of his contract. But I don't yeah, know. I, I just, mean, I don't 
Where do like you if go? You hold on to him, then it's like, yo, you're giving him like you're just essentially just you're just putting. I guess you're just putting him in fights like you know fun fights maybe like but even but that, it's like it's... there's no there's no like trajectory like at yeah. all. The UFC is all about direction. Like <laughs> if you don't have that upside, the UFC is not going to keep wasting money as we can see as they cut all these people who were legends in the past couple of years. But with Greg Hardy, you know, he already has that profile built up from when he was in the NFL. And to come to the UFC, I'm sure that he's getting paid like a decent amount. And to constantly just be coming up short the way he's coming up short, he clearly just needs more experience. Like if he wants to go back to the regional circuit and build his game and actually yeah, make this a career, like, I think he's... he can do it. It's just like he's like... got to just go back a step. Before he comes in back, which is crazy, it's so wild to say because like he's been in he's been in USC for like longer than you would even like think. Yeah, like, like the, the yeah. fact that he's lasted just shows how good of a fighter he really is. Just like intangibles wise, like he has power, that athleticism, like I touched on, but he's one dimensional, and that cost him in this fight because Sergey Spivak is which just is so like good okay, like you know you're a heavyweight, like you know it's better to be one dimensional at heavyweight than it isn't like. Well, to me, well, I don't know. I mean, nowadays though, with guys coming up, like you have surreal guy, yeah, I mean, Tom Aspinall, like you don't really want to be one dimensional in any division anymore. But I don't know. I just think he needs more experience. That's my one thing. I think he has the tools, but he needs the experience. But yeah. like I said, that fight, there wasn't much to it. Easy first round finish for Spivak, but on of the prelims, well, we're not going to talk about all of them, but I figure we'll get into some of the interesting fights that have some consequences or that were just good fights but one that i want to start with would be um marina rodriguez versus uh i'm not gonna butcher her last name i, Jan. Respe- I respect her too much Jan. Jan. so that was an interesting fight uh honestly going in i might have felt a little biased just because marina rodriguez is cool i'm, I'm a big fan of her style plus Every time I've posted about her on the Instagram, she's always liking the picture and she shows lovely in the DMs, which is cool, especially from the number three ranked strawweight in the world. But um, getting back to the fight, though, I figured I didn't figure that uh, Jan's footwork was going to play as much of a factor as it did, because like you got to think Marina Rodriguez, she has that strict like Muay Thai style. So she's only going back and forth most of the time and Jan was using a lot of like boxing footwork and going like side to side and landing some nice counters from good angles and Marina adjusted to that as the fight went on I think that's why it ended up being so close but I don't know I mean it wasn't her best performance she got the win it was close but what did what did you think about it yeah I agree like she know things start off a little sluggish and all like obviously the stoppage and all that but um oh yeah i forgot about that yeah that, that yeah was, that was something yeah <laughs> joe rogan joe rogan he's like oh that makes me a little uncomfortable <laughs> I, was like, I mean yeah <laughs> that was so was little that sucks you never want to see low blows but, no. but i don't know it just seemed like her rhythm was off in the beginning of that fight and jan was tagging her and obviously that doesn't help <laughs> but as the fight went on like it was she got trending yeah, she... it was trending in marina's direction though like probably mid that's all you can really get. Yeah. you can really ask for it at the end of the day. If the fight's gonna start like that, like okay, well, can we fix this up? Mm-hmm. And as the fight goes on, and you know, get the result, and she got the result. The yeah, like I don't like that people are saying I mean, that it's a robbery either. I think it was a close. Like honestly, personally, like when I rewatched it, 
I scored it for Jan. Yeah, I, I don't see. Rounds, I don't see the ro- I, mean, I don't think it's a robbery though. I thought that fight it was, was a split. Close enough. It was a split decision. As yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like one of the judges had Jan winning. Like how much closer could you get? But I I thought that it I, yeah I know could I go thought, either way. Like you like I thought yeah Jan did a really good. They was really smart over really use that elusiveness. You know, move around. Um, I was very impressed by her. I'll get her get her get Marina out of her comfort zone a little bit. Because Marina has such good pressure, but she's not used to like just chasing people. But I think one of the things that might have helped, I think that Jan might have been getting a little tired as the fight went on too. And also, obviously, like I said, Marina is just a smart fighter and she just made the adjustments. And she, even with the Muay Thai style, she kind of started moving a little bit sideways, albeit still like with that same high shell mm-hmm. walking forward. But Round three, you know, was her round for sure. And, like, round two is where it comes into the question. I gave it to Jan because Jan did really well in the beginning, plus she got the takedown. And I think that takedown was really what gave her the round. Yeah. But, like I said, I'm not mad at the result, especially because I like Marina too. And the UFC definitely does too because Dana was saying afterwards that, you know, after Carla and Rose, whenever that gets booked, hopefully soon, <laughs> that needs to happen already, right? <laughs> Can it, we, t- we talk about that real quick? It's Let's been see. talked... Like, it's literally been talked about over this line. And- yeah, like, what are we doing here? Like, Carla literally has a win over Rose. There's a story there. I'd say we just got to get that rematch happening already. And then Marina can fight the winner of that. And Dana said that, but, like, I don't know what the holdup's been. But we'll see. I mean, I think Marina deserves that next shot. Yeah, the outlook of Strawweight's actually looking not, not too bad. Yeah, I gotta man. say. Between, like... Zhang Wei leading the Young Jake check rematch. Yeah, they're well. they're probably fighting again. That's gonna be good. I mean, if it's anything like it was the first time, man. That's gonna be a great fight. And I then mean, yeah, up top then, with as far as a even even Yan, uh, even Yan, just like she lost this fight, but it was a close fight, and mm-hmm. she showed a lot of potential in this one. Yeah. And I think a next step for her. Originally, I figured that she might be able to fight Zhang Wei Li. I figured that would be an interesting one. But now that they're probably leaning in the rematch with Joanna, I think that maybe uh, you put Jan against the winner of Mackenzie Dern and Tisha Torres. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure That's she it, hasn't yeah. fought either of them, but I might be wrong. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's just log- a logical next step to do that. And uh, I don't really know who would win that fight. I mean, that's that's a good fight in itself, Tisha Torres versus Mackenzie Dern, because mm-hmm. Tisha Torres is elusive. She's elusive, a lot like Jan. But so will Mackenzie be able to close the distance and take her down? That's the question. But yeah, that's how Mackenzie's gonna get it done. Like that's how she's gotten to number. She's number. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's number five in the. Yeah, I think you're right, right about now. that. She's incredible with that jujitsu, and and then just to go back though to how talented Marina Rodriguez is to deal with that in her main event versus Mackenzie Dern. And to just pick her apart over the course of those five yeah, rounds. Yeah, dude. Like, she's so good. And, like, she has such tremendous upside. And I'm glad that the UFC sees it. Because I think she's fun to watch. I think the fans could get behind her. Even though, like, she doesn't speak much English yet. Because, like, obviously the UFC is, like, a very, like, American-based market. But still, her fight style is just fun to watch. The way she walks people down. And just leg kicks, body kicks. Like, little teeps here and there. It's just, there's such, like, a precision to it, and I love watching her fight. She's so talented. And, 
you know, we like it's I said, Scott future, dude. Yeah. Like it's gonna be huge room. It's like literally a huge room for us. And... How yeah. how do you how do you think she would fare against Rose, personally? Yeah, I, I think to put the pressure on Rose early, you know, Rose would have to like she'll adjust and whatnot. And she's good at that. She's good at that. Very good at that, and. And probably from there, like she'll probably just. I think it's. I think you see like a tie. I think you probably it would be like a, ta- a tale of two fights, probably. Yeah, one of those. That's you're that's like, not a bad oh, take. You just got the champ in trouble and all that, and then champ just comes out and. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting matchup. Because I think Marina probably has like, I don't even know though, because she maybe she doesn't have better stand up. It's close on the feet, but on the ground, Rose is definitely better. But I think that the first couple rounds, like you said, might entail Marina just really mm-hmm. pushing the pace. Yeah, and that's that's literally just like, you know, I guess an, ex- an experience thing because now you're talking five-round championship fight. Like, that's and at generally... least now that she's been in five-round fights, she's been in her five-round fight too against Mackenzie Dern. Uh-huh. And like Mackenzie Dern is definitely a better grappler than Rose Nami Yunus. So, I mean, that's an interesting fight. But anyway... She might have to fight Carla Esparza, though, if Carla were to beat Rose. And that was a good fight the first time they fought. I'm pretty sure that's her only loss, Marina Rodriguez. And it was a split decision that I personally thought she might have won. But, like, this fight was very, very close. But I don't see her skipping Carla for the shot. And so for now, just I'm just left with, like, that was a pretty decent performance. I mean, she made the adjustments and that ultimately one of the fight but i don't know the best is perhaps yet to come yeah this wasn't her best performance i think we just leave it at that and you know it's good that she got the win because i like i said i feel like she just deserves a title fight she's earned it beating a lot of good people in that division but uh yeah that's what a fighter like that's what a fighter like jan's gonna do like they're gonna back you into the corners like how are you gonna respond yeah that that proves that she has like that championship grit like to get through adversity like that because like we were talking about that first round was a rough round for her she was getting hit a lot in that first round and she overcame it as the fight went on and that just speaks to how much heart she has and just how talented she is to be able to make those adjustments on the fly but uh yeah just great fight i thought that honestly i thought that should have been fight of the night they gave it to colby and masvidal which i'm not mad at but i thought that was a great fight in itself but on to, on to another prelim fight. This is more of a performance that I was impressed by. But Umar Nurmagomedov just, just easily getting rid of uh, Brian Kelleher. And Brian Kelleher, to his credit, he didn't fight scared. He came out yeah. guns blazing like Moikana. That's what I was going to mention, too. Like, Brian Kelleher actually like, looked good like, coming out. Like, okay, like, you might actually be able to hang around here with, um, with Umar and then... Yeah, <laughs> he just gets it. Okay, here's what he tried to grapple him, and I tried think to that's grapple. Where... We're up against the cage. Umar's doesn't fully have um Brian Keller's back, but he's gonna get his back, and he's gonna submit him, and that's exactly the way what he got the hooks in in the end was incredible. But even before that, like Kelleher goes in for the takedown, and you think maybe his philosophy is like maybe the best defense is a good offense, but. Then obviously Umar is almost—he literally is just like he's there. He takes a breath, easily just switches the position and takes him down. And then obviously, like you said, immediately just takes the back. Man, and, I would, yeah, I would never want to wrestle with those Dagestan boys. Yeah, man, just like 
even the way that he got the submission, like, right when he got his arm under Kelleher's neck, he just tapped it. Like, it was that quick. That's incredible, man. Like, and Kelleher, you know, yeah, he's he's won some, lost some, but he's no slouch, man. He's a crafty vet. You know, he, he showed it in that fight. Exactly, yeah, he didn't fight him scared. All these guys, like, who usually fight these great wrestlers sometimes, they fight them scared. And they, they fight weary to be taken down. And, you know, Brian Keller gave it his best shot, that's for sure. But ultimately, Umar is just, he's a great grappler, and he proved it. And um, I don't really know what I think yet of, like, where you want to go with him. Because, like, I think maybe he is capable of doing well against some of those upper echelon guys. But at the same time, he's still really young, hasn't had too many fights in the UFC. I think maybe still a slow build might be smart for him. And it just builds his name over time, which will make it more fun when he gets into that top 15. But for now, I think maybe slow track him. What are, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, probably depends on, like, how these next fights go for him. Like, you know, his next fight, if he's going to go ahead and... I mean, depending on who it is, of course, but if he goes and gets another finish, then I think in that case, like, they're probably going to fast track him. Yeah, and they might. They're, they're known for doing that sometimes. Yeah. Do you, do you think he's capable of holding up with those top 15 guys right now? No. No? Not. Maybe Not a few, sold maybe yet? A few of them, maybe a few of them, but there's, yeah, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think I still want to see a bit more. Yeah, I mean, he's a young guy. I think there's exactly. got all the time. Yeah, yeah that's not like, it's nothing against him. It's just, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not even saying that he doesn't deserve it. Like, it's just like, he, you can build him, I think. And I think that's the, the smart thing to do. Yeah. I think but for me, it's one of those, good. like, yeah, for me, it's one of those, like, all right, if he, the next, the next uh, opponent that they give him and he finishes that guy too, then that's probably when they're gonna be like, okay, well now he, like this guy is, He's this guy's a real deal. Real. Yeah. <laughs> His last name's Nurmagomedov. Like, yeah, let's uh, something. Let's. Uh, but let's on, honestly, though, onto a fight that like involving the Nurmagomedov family, same corner, the Tagir versus uh, Tim Elliott fight. That was a complete 180, pretty much, of what we're yeah, just talking I really about. Yeah, I really enjoyed I was that shocked one. by that. That was pretty awesome, watching Tim Elliott do that to him. Tim Elliott started that fight, crazy footwork. You could always see him in a Tim Elliott fight, and he was taking him down, which was impressive to me. Just, What did you think of that fight? You just said you enjoyed watching it. Yeah, so. no, that was uh, probably you know, right there with Col- uh, with Colby and Miles. It was like, one of my favorite fights of the night. Um, just Tim Elliott, bro, like, just the... Like, just the style, like, the, you just the awkward, style, like it's like, yeah, literally his social media name, I saw, like, awkward MMA, like, this, like, what it is, like, the way, when it, the way he's just gonna approach, like, a guy, whether it's just walking him down or, like, anything, like, like that, and then you, you just saw it with his herky jerky movements are so funny, like, he's like, he's like almost like Dominic Cruz, the way he, like, bounces around with his footwork. And like I said, taking a guy like that down who's supposedly like this hot, well, then again, like Tim Elliott before the fight, he was like, yeah, he's got two wins in the UFC and neither of them are really wins because they're like close wins, I, I'm pretty sure. So he just, he just looked like inspired in that way. Like he just, yeah, he, like he had something to prove. Looked very like, confident. And I think that did a lot, especially early on. I mean, it, like, it definitely went away from him a little bit at the end, like, cause that was a tough round, that round three, cause, uh, 
you know, Tagir got his back and he had it for a little bit, but Tim Elliott, like we were saying, crafty vet. Yeah, he's, he's also like, I fought Demetrius Johnson when he was in his prime. That's like, true. Yeah. That's true. Like, we I'm had some nice scrambles against him too. And yeah. like even in that fight, like I was talking about Colby. The mat wrestling is just incredible. Like when he's in those scrambles, it's almost impossible to just outmatch the guy. Like it's just incredible. And I think it the also tra- and then this is what I'm talking about, like this this slips and the transitions and whatnot into um for Elliot during this fight. Deliver to like get out of a hold or to just Yeah, like when he would slip up like you were just like yeah, he'd slip up sometimes and like get in bad positions, but then immediately switch it. It's just incredible, especially against the guy who's getting coached by some of the best wrestlers on this planet. Just makes them like, wow, like this was not what I was expecting, and that's how I can just like know, like yeah, like this guy, like he, this is like this fight, like who, like this means a lot to him in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think another thing that's worth noting for this fight too is just how good of a coach James Krause is. Like, to be able to give Tim Elliott the game plan that he gave him. And for Terry to just execute it to perfection, it just shows how locked in they both are with each other. And like, you know, you don't hear enough about how good of a coach James Krause is, like, because obviously people know him for how much of a badass he is in the octagon. Mm-hmm. Remember when, I think it was, what, UFC 248, he took the fight on like a day's notice. Like, the guy's just a savage. Got to meet him in Vegas. Cool, <laughs> coolest dude, man. Sick. I got I got to tell him how, how much of a badass he is. And, you know, he was a cool guy. But anyway, just back to his coaching. I just think that the way that his, um, I guess his protégés or whatever you want to call it, the way that they respond to him is just incredible to me. Like he tells them something and they go out there and do it. It, it, And you don't really see that with a lot of coaches. Like you only see it with those power camps like ATT and Jackson Wink. It's just, I thought that was incredible, honestly. Tim Elliott really put on a show to start off. Well, can't it wasn't have, to start off, but it was in the early prelims, you know. You can't have you can't have those paper coaches, you know. You, you need a guy that's like generally going to push you and make mold you into the best fighter that you can be. Yeah, I hear a lot of good things about James Krause coaching, man. Like even from uh, Laura Sanko knows him well. Uh, you got like all these other people. I think uh, Anthony Smith knows him pretty well. Grant Dawson, like. It's just amazing. I think you're going to see over time, especially even with Tim Elliott, with this seeming like this crazy resurgence. He's been fighting really well lately. Yeah, now it's like this is like a he beat a hyped up prospect. Like a lot of people were sleeping on Tim Elliott, and like I didn't really have an opinion on this fight as much because like I like Tim Elliott though. I kind of like thought that Tagir was a bit unproven, so I was like, I don't really know how good he is. Like he might go out there and destroy Tim Elliott. Or, I don't know. And then it ended up playing out the way it played out. But what did you think going into this fight, if anything? I, I was thinking, like, I kind of alluded to it before, but I was I kind of believed in, like, okay, like, you know, coach, being coached by Khabib and all that. Like, another another one of these uh these Russian guys coming in because that's what they're... They're just looking to just take over the entire fight scene. I was like, okay, like... I haven't seen him much, much about him, but Figure he's just one of those guys. Tim, yeah, Tim, <laughs> like Tim, it's like you know, not a bad, not a bad guy to, to give him, you know, show him like this guy who's been yeah. around for a bit, a little bit. Now. Exactly, like, like, if you're gonna Tim. hype someone up like that, it's nice to like give them those like progressive steps. And I think Tim Elliott is like one of those guys who's a crafty vet, like we were talking about, and 
Long, I think it was just smart. Long then, story short, like, I wasn't expecting that. Like, yeah, no, I, I figured it could be maybe close, but I didn't think Tim Elliott was going to come out there and have I mean, as much success as he did immediately. That was just incredible. And like like you said before, like with his uh, just taking him down over the and reversal over. Sweeps and all that. It's all just, that. man, just great performance by Tim Elliott. Even with like the bad third round, still just so impressed by that. I was... I was blown that was away. That something for sure. That gave me a lot of energy, like yeah, to continue the night. I enjoyed that fight for sure. But another another good fight that provided me some like, <laughs> negative energy because of the outcome. I'll just I'll preface this by saying my fantasy lineup did not do too well. <laughs> it's, be, it's because uh, well, I guess maybe I could talk a little bit about the first fight of the night. I I don't want to butcher his last name, but it, he's a Polish he's a Polish fighter, and he was fighting. Uh, uh, Dustin Jacoby and I had seen this Polish man knock out so many people with these like crazy liver shots and I was like he might be able to get a nice finish here I might be able to get some points not the case lost a lackluster decision to Dustin Jacoby so already a bad start and then getting into the fight I want to get into Jalen Turner versus Jamie Malarkey I picked Jamie Malarkey solely because I figured that Jalen Turner looked a little rough on the scale I was dead wrong. <laughs> Did not go well dead for me. I, mean, I was I was right about a lot of the other fights on this card, like Colby, RDA. I figured Bryce Mitchell was probably going to do what he did. But this one I was way off, and it cost me on fantasy. It was pretty hard to watch Jamie Malarkey just get finished the way he did. But I think it's just a testament to how good Jalen Turner is. You could tell that yeah, Malarkey's game plan was just to come in and pressure him. And that's, exactly, and that's exactly like how he came out. Like, Whereas Jalen Turner, he's calm, composed, like, you know, whatever. He's taking what uh, Malarkey's giving him, essentially. Yeah, because Malarkey was just blitzing in, trying to make it a dogfight, which mm-hmm. is probably a smart decision, considering the huge reach advantage that Jalen Turner has. And, like, Turner he's good at using it, it, too. Yeah. But, man, like, the composure, like you just said, like, they hit him with all those counters as he's coming in and, like, you know, you got to think about it from, like, a first-person perspective. Like, when someone's blitzing you the way that Jamie Malarkey was blitzing him and to hit him with counters basically every time that he would come in like that, it's just outstanding. Like, he fought well in the first round, and then obviously in the second round, it didn't take him long to mm-hmm. have that brutal finish. Just one-sided. I'm not sleeping on Jalen Turner anymore, man. That that just showed me how good he yeah, really dude, is. Yeah, dude, he showed a lot of, like, maturity. In that fight, I think. So, I think he's I'm, showing a lot of confidence now. And a lot more than he did in the past. Mm-hmm. But um, with lightweight, I don't... Yeah, <laughs> I never try and matchmake when someone's like outside of the top 15. Just because the division is arguably the most stacked in the whole sport. Yep. And there's just... There's always a plethora of guys. There's always somebody. Against. Yeah. Like he's still like... I'll do, yeah, I'm definitely going to be tuned in the, uh, his next fight though. Because... I was pretty impressed by that performance. Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you go next, but as I just said, there's no shortage of guys. But impressive performance, just a lot of power. Like I said, he's great at use, utilizing his reach, and like I said, I think the more confident he gets, the better he's going to be over time. And I'm done sleeping on him, especially considering he kind of screwed my fantasy lineup. <laughs> I'm still mad about that man because besides those two fights, I did all right. Because after that, I had, uh, I had Colby, I had Kevin Holland, uh, RDA, and Bryce Mitchell. 
So and those guys all racked up the points, but and I was just outside of like getting my money back, so I was a little heated. I really but. see the um the Vegas lines for this was Malarkey the uh, the favorite. Um, I don't really remember the lines, but I remember that I think Jalen Turner was like the, for the fantasy uh, salary cap. I think Jalen was at like eight thousand, and then Malarkey was like eighty. Two or eighty two hundred. So oh, okay. it might have been vice versa. It was pretty close. Okay. So clearly, like DraftKings, at least had them valued similarly. But what the odds are, I'm not sure. But I mean, if they were close, Jalen Turner definitely defied the odds that time and just destroyed Jamie Malarkey. I was just very impressed by that performance. But um, trying to think if there's any more flights that I want to touch on. Uh. Maybe just one more, actually. Um, Marina Moroz. Not too much to get into, like, in the sense of, like, what happened, because it was just, like, a one-sided type of fight, honestly, to me. I The grappling, which is a theme throughout this whole card, honestly, just superior grappling, top control led to the submission. And, obviously, the, the crowd reacted amazingly to her post-fight uh, Speech with Joe Rogan. I, I thought that was cool too. You let her take the microphone yeah. to speak. So like you want it? Like you yeah, like it's it. yours. Like, yeah. That that was cool. Like you know the fan the fans gave her the love that she deserved for that win. You could tell that she was really emotional and it meant a lot to her. And that was just a feel good moment. Yeah. And like I I just enjoyed watching that fight. I don't. You feel the same way? I'm yeah, assuming. I mean, me too. Of course. Yeah. That that was just. I just wanted to touch on that. Not much really to get into specifically. But I just enjoyed watching that. But And I honestly just enjoyed watching this whole card. Like, most people, you know, casual fans, they don't really appreciate the grappling as much as some of the hardcore ones do. But if you're a casual yeah, fan, I'd say watch that card if you want to see what effective it's grappling is. This like. card was all about the, all about the grapplers, all about the, the technique groundwork all that yeah i think it was showcased in a lot of positive ways the little things yep yeah like especially in the main event and the co-main event like you got guys like colby and rda who are like top of the heap and they're showing you all these little movements of why like they're so much better on the ground than all these other people and i think that wrestling and just grappling in general in mma is just like such a good base because like anybody could stand and strike and land like a lucky shot but like even in the main event, you know, when someone just has that type of wrestling. Not to say, like, obviously, this is not, I was not to say, obviously, this is who Jorge Masvidal is. But yeah, 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 I'm not saying that. Jorge like, Masvidal is, you know, but it's, just, I mean, it's guys grappling like, is just a whole nother thing in MMA. Like, if you can't stop that, you might be in for a long night. And Masvidal had a long night. Moicano had a pretty long night. Edson Barboza. You know, it's just an ongoing theme. Yeah, we'll see it's that. Like, if it's you like want a, it's like a. If I don't finish this fight by this certain point, it's there's probably no coming back. Yeah, it's. I just I enjoyed it though. I mean, I thought it was a fun card, and I thought mm -hmm. maybe like there weren't as many like close fun fights, but I thought there were a lot of awesome individual performances that were really fun to just watch as they were happening and to just talk about like we are right now. Like I think this card showed a lot of things about a lot of different fighters and I just enjoyed learning more as I always do. Yep. But, Great card. Some DraftKings MMA. So hopefully all our DraftKings DFS players out there had a better night than old Rob over here. Um, <laughs> profited well off a pretty damn good card. Yeah, the night the <laughs> night was not perfect, you know. I mean, 
losing some money on DraftKings, and then, you know, like I said, ESPN with the technical difficulties, and we went to UFC oh. 272 Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a fun time. I won't, for, I won't forget that. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed watching that card. It was just fun. Like I said, the main event, too. Like, I was so hyped for that all week. Even, like, even though I thought Colby was going to do what he did, like him and Masvidal at the press conference leading up, it was just so entertaining. It hyped me up for the fight. I couldn't wait. And I, in my opinion, the card lived up to its expectations because it was pretty stacked and it all those fights were fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Honestly. Yeah, dude. You Typically when you get like a, pay, uh, a headliner for a pay-per-view that's not even a title fight, those are generally like the – because those cards are more like, well, you know, there's a – you know, there's a narrative probably to follow a story or whatnot. Like, yeah, like and then those... they also usually stack the card around it too because it's not like a title fight where you could just bank on the belt. You have exactly. two stars who are not holding the belt. So you got to like have a big card after that to get people to want to watch it sometimes. I mean, at least that's how I feel like they think about it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously like in the main event, like you're obviously taking two of the top fighters and yeah. All of you they're both stars they're, too. Like exactly. they both, not, they both not a hype of fight. They're like, li- and they're like they're looking to get back to the title scene, get back, uh, get that title, get a title shot. Yeah. I love fights like that, non-title fight. Yeah, main exactly. For pay per views, like they don't do enough of them, man. And like maybe that's why it makes them so great. But I enjoyed this one. I thought it lived yeah. up to the hype. You did too. Oh, of course. Yeah, I I think we're in agreement there. Cody Covington, Jorge Mal. Three years in the making. Yeah, it's, Come about, on. it's about time. That's what I'm saying. This is a long the time. The very second the fight was announced, it's like, finally. Yes, yes <laughs> thank you, MMA. Oh, 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 oh. Another inside joke. Maybe we'll get into that in another episode. But for now, I'll leave you guys wondering what I was just talking about there. But anyway, uh, that was just a great card. It's fun to talk about it in this first ever episode of the Hurt Handbook. You know, we had some roadblocks tonight that you guys are not going to see. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah nice. I thought that was I thought that was a great card, and it was fun to talk about it yeah, with man. you, man. It's a great, uh, that's a great first episode. That's a great card to open up first episode to, for sure. Yeah, and be sure, guys, uh, to like and subscribe. Turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode of either of our podcasts. And with that being said... Definitely stay tuned on Friday for the Hurt Sportsbook, the first ever Hurt Sportsbook on uh, Tiago Santos versus Magomed Ankalaev and that whole card. I'm sure you're really excited to get that started, Tiz. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be fun. We can't wait to get to it. And we hope you guys enjoyed the first episode. Peace, nerds and virgins. <laughs>